Welcome back to Elevate Inspiration for Sunday School. I'm so happy that you join us today. Our subject is Forgiven as God's People. We're still in our teaching and learning series, and this is Lesson 10. So let's get started. You know, we're still with the Sermon on the Mount. And remember now, it created a setting for Jesus to emphasize the danger of unforgiveness. That's what we're going to be talking about today. As followers, we must remember to avoid the temptation of unresolved conflict, which can poison the lives of many. Now, remember now, the religious leaders emphasized the strict observance of the letter of the law, which consists of 613 commandments. But Jesus elaborated on the spirit of the law and displayed the heart of God as revealed in the law. Think about that as we go through this lesson. Our first outline is Jesus' obedience to God. He started out with verse 17, Think not that I have come to destroy the law of the prophets. So what he's saying here is I didn't come to undo anything that Moses did. That's the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. And the restatement of the Ten Commandments that's found in Deuteronomy. Now that I come to destroy the writing of the prophets. And the prophets is like uh, Isaiah, um, uh, Ezekiel, I can't believe my mind just went bang. Jeremiah. Those are the prophets, especially the major prophets and then the minor prophets. Um, Habakkuk and um, uh, those are the uh, Malachi. Those are the minor prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And then he says in verse 18, Till heaven and earth pass, one jaw or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. So he's saying here, is that not even the smallest Hebrew letter, not even the stroke of a pen, everything is going to be fulfilled. Because he's trying to show strict obedience to God's law. Remember now, the whole thing of the Old Testament is about Jesus. So he lived a life totally obedient to God's law in order to provide us with righteousness and to make us acceptable to God. In this sermon on the Mount, Jesus calls the followers to him in obedience to the law, but not for salvation, but for sanctification. Remember, sanctif sanctification is to set apart. So the sanctification will allow us to see the kingdom of heaven in our lives right here on earth. Think about that statement. You see, sanctification will allow us to see the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. So the question I want you to, that we're going to really dig into is, did Jesus come to fulfill or destroy the law. In the next outline, it talks about hypocrisy condemned. And now, in that last outline, talking about the kingdom of heaven. So, my question is, where is the kingdom of heaven? Notice verse 19 says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Think about that for a few minutes. Where is the kingdom of heaven? Remember now, when John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, he stated, and even Jesus stated at the beginning of his ministry, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
You see, as followers of Christ, what he is trying to do is he's trying to get those individuals to be committed to growing. Even today, we must be committed to growing in righteousness. Because the heavenly kingdom is reflected in your earthly lives. You cannot just wait to get to heaven to live righteous. You got to reflect the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. However, in the next verse, he talks about the scribes and Pharisees. Notice he says, for I say unto you, they accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. You shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So basically, he's concerned with you cannot be like the scribes and Pharisees who have an external righteousness. For this reason, he addressed each of the commandments and he goes more in depth with these commandments. See, what he does is he wants to go beyond the outward appearance. Let's look how he does that in the next outline. Now remember now, this question is describe what least means in Matthew 5, 19. We're going to talk about that on Sunday. Now, I remember I said we we're going to go a little bit deeper in that verse. This is harmonious living. In verse 21, he says, ye have heard that it been said of them of old time, thou shalt not kill. Now, that is one of the first commandments I learned as a little boy because it was short. Thou shalt not kill. Everyone there at the Sermon on the Mount knew this commandment because he even said, whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. Danger of judgment. Okay, now in other words, you're going to be judged. God is going to judge you. That is the great right throne judgment. And you're going to be in danger of going and re <laughs> correction. I don't want to say uh, you're going to be in danger of judgment of going to where Satan is headed, which is the lake of fire. Now, let's focus. He says right now, but, but. You know that commandment, but I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. <laughs> so if you get angry with your brother without a cause, look what's going to happen. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. The council is the Sanhedrin council. And whosoever shall say, thy food shall be in danger of hellfire. Okay, so basically, I, I like this. Look what Amplified Version says. To you that, but I say unto you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice against him shall be guilty before the court. And whosoever say to his brother, Racker, in other words, you empty headed idiot, shall be in danger of going to the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin Council. And whosoever said, fool, call your brother a fool shall be in danger of hellfire. But notice the 23rd verse. Before I get to the 23rd verse, let me just emphasize this. That's the but. So he goes more into the spirit of the law. See, Jesus enlightens them of the correct understanding of the spirit of the law, the intent of the law. Because God is more concerned about your motives of your heart 
instead of your outward appearance. Because he goes into depth and says here, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest thy brother has ought against thee. In other words, if you still go to church and you still pay your tithes and offering and you realize when you get to church, you got an issue with your brother. Notice what he says in the next outline. He says, leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. And then come back and offer your gift. In other words, if you pay in your tithes and offering, you got problems with your brother. There's no need of doing that. Because you need to reconcile with your brother. So basically, we have two things here. What he's saying here is that if you want a vertical relationship with God, you got to have a horizontal relationship with your brother. If you cannot have a horizontal relationship, an earthly relationship, you cannot have that heavenly relationship with God. So verse 25, he gives us a little more insight about agree with your, your, even your adversaries quickly. While thou art in the way with him, at least at any time, your adversaries deliver you to the judge and judge deliver you to the officer and thou be cast into prison. So in other words, if you have a disagreement even with your enemy learn how to get along learn how to have harmony because ultimately if you go to court you're going to have to pay somebody's going to get paid verse 26 verse i say unto you thou shalt by no means come out of thence till thou hast paid the utmost farthing i like how the the amplified version said i assure you and most solemn say to you you will not come out of there until you have paid the last cent. Think about court costs, lawyer fees. It's amazing who get paid when there's a disagreement with your neighbor, especially over land property. This is what he's trying to emphasize here, the intent of the law. Your heart has to become right. So the question that I want you to think about is a fathering refer to what? The thought to remember from this lesson as people of God living in harmony with others is important. And what I got out of this lesson is this. I must remember the power of forgiveness because the power of forgiveness will promote connection in two different levels. My heavenly vertical relationship with God and my connection with others, which is my horizontal relationship, which is earthly. And if I can have that connection at two different levels, and then I'm going to experience the joy of forgiveness because it's going to promote inner peace and the peace of forgiveness is going to create joy, leading to that true cycle of living in harmony. And like I always say, See you in Sunday School. Let's spend a few seconds on reflections. The key verse is in this Sermon on the Mount, the fifth verse, correction, the fifth chapter is verse 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and thou rememberest that thy brother has ought against thee 
Leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. I know I've been guilty of being angry. And I've been convicted of my anger. The scripture said, be ye angry, but sin not. And when I cross that line, I must learn how to reconcile with my brother. I must learn how to ask for forgiveness. And the peace of forgiveness and the joy of forgiveness brings about that cycle of harmony living. If you got an alt or a problem with someone, reach out to that person today and just say, hey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I know it's not based on right or wrong or who's right or who's wrong. That's pride. But it's based on my relationship with God. In order for me to get right with God, I have to get right with my brother. Let us pray. Dearest Heavenly Father, help us to become what you desire. Guide our tongue and our mind to be on one accord with you. Thank you for caring for us and forgiving us. As we reconcile ourselves to one another, let us stay focused on you and in your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.